Welcome to What Magnificence with Chase Thornock, where we help high-achieving executives and entrepreneurs find answers to their most vexing health problems through the power of what if. Now, here's your host, Chase. Hey guys, what's good and what if? Welcome to What Magnificence. I'm your host, Chase Thornock, and today we're going to talk about seasonal affective depression, otherwise known as SAD. It's a great acronym. It's the time of year where a lot of us experience some of this depression. If you're if you're unaware of what it is, basically it's depression as related to the seasons. And as you know, well, as some of you may know, we, we live on a ranch and we are entirely off-grid at our ranch. Now, obviously, we have electricity and things like that, but our electricity is generated by us, which means that we are more exposed to the seasons. I'm more exposed to the seasons than I think I've ever been in my life. And I'm also dirtier, I think, than I've ever been in my life. Um, but before, before I, I moved, you know, before our family was out here on the, on the ranch, Seasons were something I interacted with periodically. It was similar to the weather, right? And obviously those are inextricably connected. But I, I interacted with the seasons when I went outside, right? Same with the weather. You go outside, oh, it's the seasons. Or you go outside and you're like, oh, it's dark at 5 p.m. You know, that's what I mean with by interacting with the seasons. Otherwise, I was inside. And especially this time of year, we're inside more because uh, it's cold and it's wet and... It's, it's certainly safer, more comfortable inside of our homes. But now my life is entirely dictated and connected to the weather and the seasons. And like I said before, I'm dirtier than I've ever been. Like it, I, I just can't describe to you the amount of dirt when you live in a place like that. Like there's just, it's just so much dirt. And we, we laugh because when we come, into the city, everything gets cleaner. You know, every time it rains, it, our car used to get dirty when it rained. <laughs> and, now, and now everything gets a lot cleaner when it rains. But I, I wanted to talk about this topic of, of sad because of what I've noticed in myself and in my family as we've been a little bit closer tied to the seasons. And, and what I mean by like dictated by, you know, I'll, I'll start my work outside, but I really can only work when it's light outside. I don't have the lights or the infrastructure or even sometimes the electricity to run a bunch of lights if I'm if I'm working outside and and same with inside of our home right it's it, we've got power but it we're not running the lights nearly as much as we did um, when we lived in town so it's I want to say that it's come with its fair share of discomfort this this style of living because when the weather's bad like the weather is bad and you are you just you just feel it. You just feel it. So the first thing that I noticed was that my priorities, like there was this inner clock inside of me that I didn't really realize existed to the level that it existed. And I remember we were getting into October and I was kind of watching the weather forecasts and there was that first freeze. And when the first freeze was coming, there was like a sense of urgency that that came inside of me that I've I, like I said, I just never experienced anything like that. And part of it was a worry, right? I, w I was worried for loss. Oh, I've got to, I've got to make sure that my well pump is properly insulated or my water lines are going to break or whatever the project was. I was focused on that. But I also, 
I want to describe this as like what you see in a squirrel when it's like stashing nuts for the winter. Like that's what it felt like. It's like, oh, here we go. It's game time. Now's the time that we prepare, like stash away, insulate the, just drop everything. I had other projects going on, but the freeze is coming. doesn't matter. If I don't insulate the well pump, the, you know, then, then that freezes and we don't have any water, right? So that quickly becomes the priority. That was an interesting shift. And then the other shift that was interesting was that once the winter hit, I'm just so much more exposed to the darkness. It's dark in the morning, it's dark in the evening, and my body started to shift. And at first I kind of thought something was wrong. And I think a lot of us experience that in the winter. And I think that's why we kind of ask the question, right? Am I depressed? What's going on? And my body started to shift and it wanted to go to bed earlier and it wanted to sleep a bit later. And these shifts are all part of our body's natural rhythms and they're called our circadian rhythm and these rhythms are ancient um, and they're incredibly fascinating and as a matter of fact we know very very little about how these work why they work and what happens to our body well we have a decent understanding just from personal experience about what happens to our body when these rhythms become disrupted but to give you an illustration of how little we actually know about our circadian rhythms, the Nobel Prize was given in 2017 to scientists studying the circadian rhythm in fruit flies. <laughs> in terms of complexity of organisms, a fruit fly, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm wondering if, if anything is less advanced that has a circadian rhythm. I guess that probably everything on earth, unless it lives underground. I don't know. I'm like asking myself all sorts of questions now, but you get the point. In 2017, the Nobel Peace Prize was given to circadian rhythm studies in fruit flies. And they discovered something that may not seem apparent at face value. And that is that our circadian rhythms are incredibly strong, right? We've all experienced this with jet lag. When you fly halfway around the world, you want to go to bed. It doesn't matter if the sun's up, right? You're wanting, you, you want to go to sleep. But they couldn't understand how something was both incredibly strong, yet incredibly flexible. Again, with the jet lag example, if you, you know, depending on how it goes, it takes you a few days, maybe a week to adjust. And your entire circadian rhythm shifts to, you know, depending on how far around the planet you were, maybe you were awake at 3 a.m. there at that place that you are now, right? So, so the ability for them to be both incredibly strong and incredibly flexible is actually a pretty unique mechanism. And that's, that's what they studied in that, in that, pre, in that uh, Nobel Prize. Um, now, here comes my what if for you. And I should talk about this too. Right now, Seasonal affective depression is something that is diagnosable and treatable. Other than the, the typical uh, serotonin uptake inhibitors, which we've talked about pre in previous shows, we use light therapy. So the idea goes, okay, if we're receiving less light in the wintertime, and that's making us sad and depressed, and I guess that's hard for me. For those with depression, it's not sadness, but that's the acronym we use. Anyway, we're going to treat this with light, 
right? So people can, you can actually buy these, I think, over the counter now. And, and, and back in my previous life, life um, in venture capital, we were even researching and doing due diligence on some of these devices. But it's a, it's a device that you can set on your countertop and it emits light in the wavelengths similar to the sun. And we've seen that it creates changes in the brain and can help with seasonal affective depression. So my what if for you today is what if, <laughs> what if our seasonal affective depression has less to do with the actual light that we receive in the wintertime and more to do with our habit of, of, of ignoring our natural circadian rhythms. So stay with me here. Obviously, I, I mentioned this before, when I, when I moved out to my ranch, I, I just didn't realize the impact that the winter had on me. And then when I wasn't turning on lights at night, and my body just like it was just going to sleep right at 8, 8 p.m., 9 p.m. I became more aware of just the rhythm and the strength of that circadian rhythm. But when you think about it and when I think about my life, when I when I had, you know, kind of a more traditional way of living, my schedule really didn't adjust at all during the winter time. Nothing changed. Right. If anything, daylight savings even messed it up more. But I didn't, you know, you still get up, you still go to work at the same time, you still get home at the same time, even though it's dark. Uh, we've certainly seen the, the, the catastrophic consequences of, unfortunately, people being hit on the way to work or school during the dark. And when we do that daylight, that daylight savings time shift. But are we asking ourselves the question, what if us ignoring those rhythms is contributing more to the seasonal effect of depression than the lack of sunlight is? Now, this isn't surprising probably to a lot of you, but a lot of the clients that I work with one-on-one -on -one are dealing with autoimmune disorders or gastrointestinal orders. And inevitably what happens with those disorders, and you can look them up, but, but usually either preceding those autoimmune issues or, or after the autoimmune is, you know, is, uh, is diagnosed, they end up de de developing sleeping problems, insomnia, um, can't fall asleep, or they'll wake up several times throughout the night and then can't fall asleep or their sleeping patterns become irregular. And so it's pretty clear to me the connection between those circadian rhythms and autoimmune disease. Now, the question of which precedes which, I don't really ask that question very often. The answer is just yes. Like, it's just happening, right? There's, there's dysfunction happening. And when there's dysfunction happening, it will tend to lend to further disruption and disease in the organism. All right. So naturally, many of us blame one upon the other. So I'm not sleeping because I'm in pain from my whatever disease, right? Or I'm depressed because I'm not sleeping or I'm sleeping because I'm depressed. So it's widely accepted that certain types of depression seem to be caused by the lack of the sunlight that we talked about earlier. Okay. Another thing that seems, okay, I said when the winter comes, nothing changes. And that's not quite true. Nothing seems to change about our schedule, but what changes in terms of our diet? We've often forgotten that just like that squirrel who's stashing seeds and nuts for winter, our body's natural circadian rhythm would lend to that experience as well. 
that our bodies were used to eating more in times of plenty and eating less when food was scarce. And oftentimes we end up in this really interesting space where we start eating. Okay, I'm speaking for myself here, but I think this is a common experience. But fall comes around and we start kind of eating a little bit more preparing for the rent, the winter. Okay. And then the winter comes along and we never fully shift into that kind of lower burn. We just kind of keep eating. And then you throw on top of that this idea of the holidays where like one upon the other, like starting at Halloween, think about the amount of holidays and the amount of food that we consume. And it's not just food. I, I want to make this clear. Like it is bad food. Like it is garbage food. It is food where half the ingredients you can't pronounce. Okay. This is the kind of food that I'm talking about. And it's sugar, lots of sugar. So it may surprise you. It may not, but the average American consumes 150 pounds of sugar a year. Boom, 150 pounds. Okay. Now, much of that is consumed during that three month time period October, November, December, where here, here in America, it's Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Okay. And insert, insert your given winter holidays and holidays in the winter make a lot of sense. There's not a lot of do, not a lot of things to do in the winter. And when we were agricultural societies, that's what you did, right? You could, you could get, get together. You weren't necessarily doing anything in your fields, but we could get together and we could celebrate and enjoy each other's company. But this food thing has developed and, and then it gets compounded. It gets compounded by the machines that we have that, that push this food at us. Like this is the time of year. And then it gets passed to every generation because we begin to associate a certain food with a certain holiday, right? It just wouldn't be Christmas without the eggnog or wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Thanksgiving without the pumpkin pie. And it wouldn't be Halloween without, I don't know, I, I'll probably start a turf war here, but without Reese's or Reese's pieces. Carly, if you're listening, I apologize. She hates Reese's Pieces, but you get the idea. We begin to associate these sugary, highly processed foods with these holidays. So this period of connection that, that is what holidays are generally supposed to be about, right? I would think becomes a period of disconnection where we eat until it hurts or, or we ignore it, right? Thanksgiving is, <laughs> it's become this holiday where we just, we ignore our body entirely and just eat until we're sick. That sounds like fun, right? Or, or New Year's and we drink ourselves until we can't wake up in the morning. I was reading an article about ways to cope with, with a hangover if you're a parent. So the, th the things that we do to our bodies during this time of the year are extreme. And is it really any wonder to us that we're a bit more depressed? that our bodies are having a little bit harder time coping? Is it, is it surprising to us that this is the time of year that's called the flu season? Our bodies are just getting hammered with all sorts of stressors. And I wanna, I wanna reinforce this idea that stressors are anything that threatens your body's homeostasis. So I love to take a holistic view of this because often we look back and we say, 
well, why did I get sick? What was the thing that pushed me, you know, what pushed me over the edge? And if you look at it that way, then it's a moving target because you're looking for the straw that broke the camel's back instead of the pile of stuff that was on the camel's back before the straw hit. Okay. Look at the pile of stuff and I'm just calling it out. We're, we don't adjust our circadian rhythms. We're eating a bunch of junk food. This time of connection becomes a time of disconnection. I mean, for heaven's sakes, the, there's, there's, so many, there's so many suicides during the holidays. Like, it's just a really intense, stressful time to our bodies. And we're ignoring it. So what happens? Our bodies start to rebel. They start to shut down. They start to have some issues. Okay. Now... I want to talk just briefly about this idea of of the food that we eat because when we consume vast amounts of sugar our bodies trip into fight or flight states okay we get this this huge endorphin rush a dopamine rush and then it drops off and it drops below the baseline of where we started so we feel worse which tends to lead us to to go after more dopamine seeking activities Okay, more sugar or, or more sex or more alcohol or whatever it is. All right. So the food, I was told with my Crohn's disease, Crohn's disease is an intestinal disease. The thing that I was told, and I actually am not sure if this is still taught. I hope it's not, but I believe that it could be. I was told that, that what I ate had nothing to do, had no effect on my Crohn's disease. Like, let that sink in for just a minute. What I ate had no bearing on my intestinal disease. <sighs> now, there's a lot of compassion here, okay? Because I, I believed that. I wanted to believe that. It was certainly uncomfortable. And I was already going through enough discomfort to, to have to think that my food had anything to do with this, okay? But that was just not true. It's just not Okay? And we're told time and time again that, that the food has nothing to do with our health. Listen to this. The Heart Association endorsed General Mills Cocoa Puff cereal, a cup of which contains 120 calories, 14 grams of sugar, and no fiber, and the company's Cookie Crisp cereal with 120 calories and 13 grams of sugar per cup. Both products derive more than 40% of their calories from sugar. And they have been endorsed by the American Heart Association. Now, I think since that time, that's been reversed. Okay, but come on, like we need to wake up. This is, this is very clearly not healthy food. And it's not doing your body any favors. So another thing to consider is that advertisements for these types of food increase by 35% in Q4. So during the holidays, companies will spend 35% more on advertising to get you to buy the food. So if you want to eat better during the holidays, follow this one rule. This is a rule we try to, to follow in my family. But basically, if a food is or has been advertised on TV, don't eat it. I'm sure there's the exception and you guys are going to send me emails, but very rarely is an apple advertised on TV. Okay. So if you go into the grocery store and you're like, okay, there's ads for these all the time. Don't eat it. Get something else. Now, how does all of this affect the circadian rhythm? Okay. 
And that's not the question. I think the question goes something like this. How are we not allowing our circadian rhythms to affect us? Your circadian rhythm is controlled by your autonomic nervous system. The circadian rhythm is an integral part of learning to listen to your bodies. When we ignore it, whether out of convenience, expectation, or dread of what the coming day will bring, we deepen our ability to disconnect and dissociate. When we dissociate, our body systems can no longer communicate or coordinate, and we are left combating an excuse-producing, circumstance-blaming brain of why we are so sick and tired. So my challenge to you is, as we emerge from this, this den of the holidays, take a good look at your life and be honest with yourself, okay? Don't add a bunch of garbage on top of it, but just take an honest look and look and see if you're listening to your body when it comes to your circadian rhythms. And I know there's lots of stuff going on. I know there's lots of reasons that our brain generates why we should ignore our body. Okay, But if there's one thing that you can choose to do, if there's one little tweak that you can make and listen to your body a little bit more, it will work for you better. What if, my friends?